You're listening to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast from Clear Creek Community Church, located in the Bay Area of Houston. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast. I'm Ryan. Thanks for joining us on this episode. Our hope is that this podcast helps us to better connect with the people of Clear Creek and continue the conversation beyond our weekly worship services. So we've been in a message series lately called United. And one of the things we wanna do on the podcast is talk about what does it look like to be united in marriage? And so joining me on this episode, I sit down with Greg and Kay Poor, along with my wife, Lindsay, to talk all about marriage and what does it look like to have a healthy and uh, growing marriage, even though you are different at times. So let's listen in. All right. Hey, guys. Thanks for joining me. I have Greg and Kay Poor. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. Thanks for having us. Hey, Rye. Awesome. And then my wife, Lindsay, thanks for being here. You're welcome. All right. <laughs> so, hey, here, I want to get us started just by talking a little bit about uh, how long you've been married. So that's the first question for y'all is how long have each of y'all been married? And obviously, Lindsay, you and I, we've been married together. We have been. We have been married. 15 years. 15 we years. We just celebrated 15 years in January. Yes. Yes. What about you, <laughs> Pors? We will celebrate 40 years, June 12th of wow. this year. 40 years. 40 years. It's a big milestone. Old people. Yeah. Well, you yeah. got married young, so you're not as old as some We were young. He had to sign a paper for me. I did? <laughs> did you have to get like your dad to sign? No. That, that's you weren't a joke. that young, were you? I was You're 12. old enough to make your own yeah, decision. Fine. And yep. now you're stuck with it for 40 years. <laughs> but it's been good, right? Yeah. Good 40 years? I'm still mad at my dad. It's been all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so I want to ask us just like rapid fire, like fun questions, and then we'll jump into more what does it look like to be unified in marriage. So first off, here's the first question for y'all. What's your ideal vacation? And again, these are like individual answers, so don't answer as a couple. What's your ideal vacation? Okay, you go first. Um, For me, it is somewhere outside in the mountains with beautiful scenery, chill, um, but also accessible to restaurants, <laughs> so I don't have to cook. So nothing like a cabin, but um, yeah, mountains. All right, Greg. What about you? Oh, I like to be in the mountains too. But I w- I want to be fishing uh, or riding my bike probably, as long as I can do those things. All right. So at least you're going to the same place. You need oh, to yeah. be doing the same thing. Definitely like to go to the mountains. mountains. All right, Lindsay. What about you? Uh, I would actually say the same thing. I think mountains, I think my ideal vacation has changed quite a bit over the years. And having three small children at home, I now want to be alone and I want it to be very quiet (laughs) wherever I am. Yeah, I get that. I'm more like Greg. I probably go and hang out with Greg on vacation. We go fishing, (laughs) riding bikes in the mountains. So that's me. Let's do it. All right. Introvert or extrovert? Who wants to Greg you? I am an introvert. Yeah. You know. I hate this right now. <laughs> Total introvert. Yeah. Okay. What about you? Uh, I'm an extrovert. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Lindsay? I am too, an extrovert. Yeah. I kind of ride the line. I would say I'm mostly yeah. an extrovert, but I ride the line uh, a little bit. All right. What's your favorite food? How about we'll go this way? Lindsay, you go first. Oh, man. Anything with chocolate and peanut butter. Oh, okay. yeah. Very healthy. All right. <laughs> Mine is anything spicy. Um, so pick anything spicy, anything garlicky, anything with lots and lots of flavor that makes pe- lots of people, like my husband, nauseous. <laughs> or not want to be close to you when you're right. talking because your breath smells really good. And what about you, Greg? Oh, boy. Bread. Yeah. Nil okay. <laughs> wafers. Uh, anything that's white. Yeah, white. He likes yeah. oatmeal, um, oh. nilla wafers, vanilla, bean, yeah. 
anything. <laughs> yeah. I like I like a good brisket. That's probably my my favorite mm-hmm. food. Brisket. Mm-hmm. All right. Who holds the remote in your house? We don't have one. We don't have a remote. We have our <laughs> we own don't. iPads. Do you have a do you actually have a TV? We have We one, do but... have a TV. It yeah. has rabbit ears. It's really when you, we, we But really when you're on it. your iPads, are you sitting next to each other yes. on the couch oh, yeah. holding yes. your, holding hands? No. Right. Sort of. Sometimes. Yeah, like yes, hands, we are, so you yes. Let's do it though. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because what she's watching is so different than anything that I would watch. I'm watching people tie flies and ride bikes, basically. Oh, well, mostly everything he watches, if it's anything that's not tying flies, is in black and white. <laughs> so it's, it's, a, it's, it's a documentary. That's it's a documentary yep. of like a war or something. <laughs> I um, can see why. I can see why you do what you do. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I actually think me and you, Ryan, have become more like that. Like we used to watch yeah. some things together, and now not as much. But our rule is let's be in the same room. Yeah. That's, um, and we don't watch a whole lot of things in this season of life anyway. But yeah, yeah. I'm usually ready to go to sleep pretty early. Yeah. These days, but. All right. Who normally drives whenever you're both in the car together? Um, Greg. Yeah, we share though, but my say usually. But sometimes I'll be like, "Will you drive?" Because yeah, and she does. Yeah, she's a better driver than I am, so it's probably safer. So if she's driving, do you tell her how to drive? Oh no, no. Okay. She tells me how. But... Wise choice. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. that's why you ask her to do it. I think it's why I, pri- I drive more. Because uh-huh. I, I probably am a passenger driver sometimes. So a little bit. Yeah, but we've we've compromised. That's just easier if I'm just doing it. That's right. All right, what uh, what are your hobbies or your favorite things to do personally? Go ahead, hon. What are your hobbies? Oh, I love to resale. Everything I'm wearing right now came from a resale shop. Oh, Everything. That's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. It's like it's a it's a treasure hunt. I love the the thrill of trying to find something. Yeah. Um, and I love anything that deals with nutrition and um. Mm-hmm. Like healthy stuff, mm-hmm. food. That's that's probably my hobbies. Yeah. Cool. What about you, Greg? Do you go reselling? No. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I I don't know. I have lots of hobbies. Kind of. I mean, I I do like to bake stuff. My family calls me Keebs, short for Keebler. Yep. <laughs> I like baking bread and cookies because I like to eat it. Uh I like flowers. I have flowers. I mess with all the time. I like yeah. to. Fish. I like to ride my bike. I like to work. I, I have lots of stuff I like to do. Yeah, that's so. good. How about you, Ryan? Uh, I'm kind of like Greg. I, have, I feel like I have a different hobby every six months. Uh, lately, I don't know, I got into hunting in the fall a little bit more. I used to hunt a long time ago and stopped for a long time. And then now that our kids are, or one of our kids is old enough to start doing some more, got into hunting backpacking, camping, all those things are probably the most recent. In the last six months, that's been the hobby. But I've <laughs> I've done cycling. I've done all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You? I don't think I have any. <laughs> well, that's, it's not just hobbies. It's I what, think, are, what are your I favorite know. things to do? I think a lot of uh, moms of young kids would probably feel somewhat similar, kind of like, well, when I have time to myself, I just, um, which is rare, I, I just want to not answer to anybody, you know, whatever that looks like. So, um, you know, I mean, I do enjoy being outside. I do enjoy, um, really, I would say probably getting together with friends when I can, you know, that kind of thing, coffee dates. Um, but like actually doing, you know, something with my hands, fishing or 
crafting or whatever is not happening right now. Making coasters or <laughs> right. something. Right. Nothing? That's yeah. not happening right now. Okay. <laughs> All right. If someone gave you $1,000 to do with it, whatever you want, what would you do? I would totally go to resale shops. <laughs> <laughs> I could own. Oh, yes. Yeah. That $1,000 would go a long way Oh yeah. the resale shop. That's and I would be right. so proud of it. Everyone would hear how much I paid for it. Like yeah. the shoes, That's five dollars. So yeah. <laughs> what about you, Greg? How would you spend it? Or not spend it? You don't have to spend it. What would you do with a thousand dollars? Oh, I would it? probably buy toys for my grandkids. Oh gosh. Oh, that's, gosh. That's, that's like my <laughs> one of my favorite real. things to yeah. do these yeah. days. Like, so you gotta yeah. watch that, Greg. You gotta watch that. Oh. <laughs> Somebody else can watch it. <laughs> yeah. What about you? What would you do? Oh man, I don't know. You know, I think the. The Holy Spirit says to give it away, <laughs> but um, I think I'd probably spend it on updating things in my house, probably. Yeah. I think I'd probably save a good portion of it, and then, yeah, then I don't even know, maybe a quarter of it or so, spend it on something else, some sort of hobby type of thing, some piece of gear. Mm-hmm. I like getting gear for different things. All right, last question before we jump into some other stuff. How would you describe your spouse to someone who hasn't met them? So, Greg, if someone's like, "Hey, tell me about your wife," uh, fun, funny, wise, uh, uninhibited by people, mm, great mom. All right, cool. Kay, what about you? How would you describe Greg? Oh, definitely servant-hearted, um, others-oriented, mm-hmm. uh, generous. Selfless, which is basically the same things. Um, mm-hmm. Quiet. Mm-hmm. He's a thinker. He's mm-hmm. wise. Um, I would tell most men to go talk to him and mm-hmm. learn under him. Learn how to be a husband. Learn how to be a father. Mm-hmm. Learn how to be a friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to cry because yeah. I just think he's like the bomb. Me too. That's, I tell people the same thing. You should go, go learn from Greg. He's the bomb. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Agreed. Well, I have to follow that. <laughs> yeah, you better make it good. You better, you better tear up over there. <laughs> which, is, which is particularly funny because if you know me, you know I'm not crying. Is not my first. I don't tear up very easily. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's an audio podcast. No one has to oh, right, You can right, just say okay. you're tearing up. Okay. Um, well, Ryan, I would describe you as, <clears throat> excuse me, also very... Servant-hearted and generous and um, ambitious, goal-driven. Um, you set the bar high and you often reach it. Um, humble, very humble, very wise. Um, I think you would surprise people with, I think people think that you're quiet, but I think you also can actually be the life of the party. Um, so you... You have a wide range. You are good at many, many things, um, and you're a hard worker. And same thing. I would want people to come talk and learn under you. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, What I would say about Lindsay is that she is um, very thoughtful and kind towards people. She's a phenomenal question asker, probably better than I've ever been around anyone, both of me and just of other people around her. Uh, I think that... Uh, she just loves people really well and moves towards people who are hurting and um, people feel that they feel cared for by her. Um, I think she's really 
intentional with people and really uh, in tune with her emotions and just the emotions in the room. And so she can speak to those things and, and move towards that really, really well. So, all right. So the, the, the point of this exercise was, you know, to have a little fun, but also just to point out that, you know, each one of us are different in our own ways. And so what is it like being married to someone who is different from you? And I'll let you guys go first because you've been married for 40 years. You've got a lot of experience and <laughs> things to draw upon. But let's talk yeah, about like the beginning of your marriage, like being different, you know, introvert, extrovert, well, having different interests. Like what was it like when you first got married, especially if you're so young? Yeah, I think that for for me, that so some of that just comes from where you come from. So my family was very quiet. Nobody talked about anything. It, it was kind of broken in a lot of ways because – Everything was a secret. It was my house was crickets, mm. and so uh, when you went, th- when I started g- going to her house, it was loud and people. Everything was you know public, and everybody's talking about her, and everything's <laughs> like it was a zoo kind of. Uh, and so it was a shock. They actually they used to get on me. It's like what's wrong with him? He doesn't say anything. <laughs> um, what's funny was it didn't take me very long to figure out this is better. Than than what I know, there's there's you know there's a relationship here. There's truth, kind of. There's like people know and care and talk about what's real. And is this is just better, even though it makes me really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I like it. <laughs> so it was a culture shock in that way. But um, that was like the first thing that was very different. That uh, I started figuring out really early on that. There were so many ways she was so different than I am, and and sometimes it would drive me crazy. And yet, I I, I appreciated it. It's like mm-hmm. I need to be more like her, you know. So, the way she she can draw near, I never forget. I'll tell another story. Somebody passed away. Again, my family. I had never been to a funeral. Mm-hmm. Somebody passed away in her family. She has this huge family. And we went, and I'm like, I'm so awkward. I didn't know what you're supposed to do. I thought everybody's <laughs> going to be crying and everything's horrible. And this year, we weren't there 30 seconds. And she's sitting down on the front row with whoever. They're laughing their heads off, you know, because. Inappropriate. <laughs> no, because she doesn't. She loves people, and she's able to do that notwithstanding whatever. She's not inhibited by circumstances. She just meets the person where they are. Mm-hmm. It is 40 years later. I, I still marvel and how well she does that and how naturally that comes to her and I feel like she's taught me so much about just wading in and so I don't do it as naturally as she does but that's just mm-hmm. so I guess all that to say I mean the differences are good yeah you know you grow and uh, you learn to appreciate them for what they are yeah what about UK whenever you first are married to someone who, you know, you grew up in a family of origin that's loud and talkative and all those things, and to be married to someone who's a little bit quieter. Did you have a similar, you know, growing <laughs> experience from that? Um, I think I was attracted to his steadiness because in my life at the time when I met him, um, I just lost my dad to Lou Gehrig's disease, and there was just a lot of turmoil in my personal life. I was kind of a wild child. And um, so I was drawn to his consistency Mm. 
and his quietness and his steadiness, he actually reminded me a lot of my father. Mm. Um, just where I was, you know, just crazy, and he would be like, no, we're not doing that anymore. <laughs> it's like, well, darn it. But anyway, um, but he just he was just smart and wise, and so I was, I was drawn to his um, steadiness. But then when we got married, um, our probably our biggest issue when we first got married was fighting because I am a, we're going to work this out. Um, mm-hmm. We're not leaving the room until we work this out. And I mean, say it, let's, let's, let's say it. And he would clam up and his, his way of dealing with it would be to go process. And I process out loud in the moment and it's not healthy either the way I process. It, it wasn't. We've learned, but so our biggest conflict was conflict and how we resolved mm-hmm. conflict. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I mean, I would start swinging at him because it'd be like I tried to get him to react to me because he would just right. not react. And so, right. we we've come a long way. From that. Yeah. <laughs> how know, do you I, do it now? I wonder. Um, I'm not a whole lot better now than I was then. <laughs> That's not. <laughs> She's more patient with me. Yeah. So I always, I always. I operated under the premise that somehow this is, has to be my fault. <laughs> and so I spent a lot of time thinking about, okay, you, you probably, seriously, I mean, I, I, I really, I do, I spend a lot of time just reflecting and I, I just, it takes me, I'm a slow processor, but I really do tend to operate under the premise that somehow I'm, I'm the one that screwed this up. So, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, then let's just, let's move on though. Yeah. yeah. Let's deal with it and move on because we're wasting time. Right. Time, like we're just you're gonna be mad yeah. for what a day, two days, mm-hmm. and we're just gonna waste that that time. Mm. I, I would. I don't get mad very often anymore. I just that doesn't happen that much. Yeah. So because hmm. we don't talk to each other. We have our earbuds in. You know, I get, I've been around long enough. It's actually doing what I've been doing long enough. Uh, like she said, this is not worth it. Yeah. You wasting time. Life's too short, you know. Yeah. Teach us, Lord, to number our days. And I can't tell you how many, literally, dozens and dozens of times I've been sitting at someone's funeral service. And I'm thinking, go home and tell Kay you love her. Quit being a jerk. No, it's mm-hmm. not. There's no time for all this stuff. You know, three days later, you forgot all about it and you act like a jerk. But right. it's just, a, and I, I just don't want to waste time. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. I feel like I've always learned just attending the amount of funerals that we do, and you've probably attended more funerals than anyone that I know of. It just there's something that it does in your heart just to give you that kind of perspective on a on a regular basis. So I was thinking too when you were talking about you know the funeral that you saw Kay at when y'all were younger and how uncomfortable it made you to go to a funeral and you know been like just I mean. This is a large part of your job now and what you do and how you minister to people. It's crazy to see how God's even yeah. changed you and grown you in, in that. Like, I learned it from her. Mm. So Yeah. What about you, Lindsay? Well, how would you say, what's it like being married to someone who is different? Would you say we're different? You can chime in too, Mr. Ryan. Um, I'm the one but, asking the questions Well, here. you know, I was thinking, no, yes, you are. You're answering. <laughs> Um, I was thinking back to when I was describing you that also probably one of our bigger differences is that you are, I think I'm wired a little bit more like Kay. I, um, I'm i a processor out louder. 
Does that make processor out louder as well? And um, probably a little impulsive Mm -hmm. and a feeler before I'm a thinker. And you are a thinker before you're a feeler. So you're also, I think, more in your head and you are organized and administrative and efficient. I am not efficient and not organized. And so um, that's probably some of our rub is just like the little things, like the little things and how easy is it to little things like I load the dishwasher in not a methodical way. I literally just throw them in. Ryan has a very specific way that the dishwasher should go. Yeah, that's been like my example for just, yeah, for ridiculous, (laughs) you know, bickering type of things for like however many years is like, the dishwasher just continues to come up, and I know it's like my own brokenness in that. So, but it's yeah. funny because it's like um, we we have grown, it, it, but that's like an example of all lots. Because what happens, right, is if there's these different ways that you operate in the house, that's where it can get to. It can get to that place of bickering and resentment, and I just don't do it like you. And so for me, it comes to like, okay, let's pause and think. Like, how would how can I serve Ryan in this way by maybe thinking through just a little bit more than just throwing a plate randomly in, you know, like, yeah. so it's just considering each other. Yeah. And it's like, well, you know, for me, I guess the thing about like Greg, like this is, this is stupid. Like to make a big deal yeah. about this, I need to probably have some better perspective on that. So I feel like I have to continually come back to that. Like this is not worth causing conflict on. So, yeah. All right. So if you can go back and tell yourself, uh, give yourself some adv- advice in that first like year of marriage. I know, gosh, 40 years, a long time ago. I don't even know if you can really remember <laughs> that, but well, what, what, what advice would you give to someone who's like first married now? Maybe not yourself. Yeah, what, would, what advice would you give to someone who's getting married like this weekend? Just say, hey, here's what you might be thinking about in the first year. Yeah. I'll let the wise one over there speak to that. <laughs> I don't know. Lindsay, you have anything? What was the question again? Repeat it one more time. What advice would you give to someone who's newly married? I would give the advice um, to assume the best about your spouse. Because I think if you can have that perspective going into anything, you know, um, assume the best about him versus thinking you're after me or you want to make my day bad or you want to whatever, um, then it just softens your your heart, remembering that your spouse is for you and you are for them, and it, it makes the conversation go better. Yeah. That's kind of a hard question and then because I'm thinking, dude, in the first year, I was such a doof. I don't know. Yeah. But over, over the years, I mean, I feel like a lot of things, uh, you know, there's, you know, there's there's something she'd probably be like, well, I haven't noticed, but I try, one of the things I, I try to do, I tell people this because this is true. When I learned that uh, it brings me joy to serve her in some way that I know she appreciates, even if she doesn't know I did it, then I I've, I find great satisfaction in that instead of doing something so that, you know, I can... Uh, have an expectation back or just just the joy of knowing really that I'm doing what God called me to do and the way I, you know, whether it's putting something in a dishwasher or 
well, I don't know, all the stuff you just do anyway. But if you know she appreciates it and you take an extra second to do it and uh, find a joy in those things, it's really, it changes everything. Mm-hmm. So um, that um, learning to the other thing I would say is uh, when you learn, you have to learn to trust one another. And man, uh, and so somehow you have to forge trust even when the other person is untrustworthy in something. You have to be able to work through that. But I mean, that's that's the thing. I think I would say, well, I'm, we, we, I knew I was going to do this as I just thought about this for the last week or so, however long it's been. That's the word that just kept coming in my head. It's like, I trust her. I mean, it's me. I, I trust her like I trust my, I mean, I never have a shadow of a doubt about anything she does, where she goes, what she thinks. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not even, it doesn't even exist in my heart and in my head. And so um, I just, there's a lot of grace in that. It change, Again, it changes the whole temperature of your relationship. So, yeah. Anything, Kate, you want to add? I was just thinking that some of our, our, um, Bad days is when someone's having a bad day. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, if we can communicate, like there's sometimes when he'll be quiet, extra quiet, and mm-hmm. I I automatically will run down all the things like, mm-hmm. what have I said? What have I done? Um, how did, did I, you know, use an expression? There was, I don't, I just always think it's me first. Mm-hmm. And so I always like, what's wrong? Are you mad at me? That's my first question. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of learned to go and, after years of me always saying, what's wrong? Why are you mad? Why are you mad? Because <laughs> I want to fix it. I want to fix it. I want to fix it. And change it, change it. And uh, he, it's like, oh, it's work. <laughs> or it's mm-hmm. something that's happened outside of this house mm-hmm. that that he's milling over in his brain. It's not me. Yeah. But I, I will always assume it's me. Mm-hmm. So I think I've, you know, kind of just chill out he didn't do anything that he's mad about but because he's quiet most of the time so sometimes he's extra quiet so then I'm like okay what what is he just pouting is he mad at me for something (laughs) I think that's a good point because I um I think this goes in marriage and then just in any relationship there's the we get in trouble when we overthink things and I overthink everything I think many of us do and then when we make assumptions we get in even bigger trouble. And I push the panic um, button. <laughs> right, yeah. And it's so often it is assumptions about, you know, well, I've done something, I'm, I'm to blame. And so just checking out those assumptions, you know, just being like, hey, this is, you know, this is kind of what I made up in my mind. Is that true or not? Or what? Or could there be something else going on? It's really helpful. Yeah. I mean, that's why it's helpful just to, to know your spouse well enough to know, um, even though that you know they may act a certain way here, there's there's something else going on. That's how they process, and so you know it helps us to not well, make some and assumptions. You said something earlier. Um, I I think I've learned this. Just the wording is like he he will withdraw, yeah. and he 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 goes into his his brain, and you know. So I'm on the outside trying to figure it all out, and I am a I I go toward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like. It's that's not helpful. If the lion is like you know, pawing at you all the time. And I just want to like, and so it's kind of helpful to know how we handle issues. Yeah, it's like okay, 
leave him alone. Let him process. Yeah. Back off. It's, you know, it's okay. It's okay right. to give him some time, but I just tend to like, you know. Yeah. Me and Ryan, I think, are very similar. Like I tend to move towards, he tends to back up. And not to like, you know, go into Enneagram talk, but I will say that that, for any of you on this podcast that don't know about Enneagram, you can just research that bad boy. But um, it is, uh, that has been really helpful for us because it's helped me see what I look like when I'm stressed, which is I, I come out roaring like a lion. And what Ryan looks like when he's stressed is he, he moves backwards. And so I think it's, it helps us not to personalize so much. Absolutely. Um, All right. So this is a question for really you ladies. What's it like having your husband be a pastor? Oh, sorry. I just, I'm, I think it's interesting that you put this question on there. Um, <laughs> because it doesn't pertain to many of the listeners. Well, we didn't, well yeah. <laughs> let's just let's nix that one. But it'd be interesting to hear your perspective on it. What's it like with your husband being a pastor? Okay, okay. You've had you've been a pastor's wife longer, right? How many years now, Greg? Have you been a pastor? Twenty. Uh, how long? Yeah. How long have you been on staff here? Yeah, I think almost you said nineteen. 19 right? Be twenty years next year. Yeah. Crazy. And let's see, Ryan, how long have you been a pastor? Ten. It's just ten, yeah. We just did that celebration but even, thing. Yeah, so ten-ish. Yeah. I think for me, um, knowing him since he was 19, mm. the quiet, extremely introverted person, and to see him do what he does is mm-hmm. astounding. Like I remember one of my family members came the first time and saw him walk out on stage and she's like, wait, what? Wait, wait, wait. I want to stand up and say, do you know <laughs> this is not his thing? Sure. Um, so it, it makes me just well up with love and pride mm. because I see he he loves people well. He loves people privately and quietly, and um, he doesn't have to do it for show. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just part of his job, but it's not who he is. Yeah. So um, I don't know. It just It just makes me just... I've watched him bloom, you know, going from a little quiet accountant to like somebody who's just in so many people's lives. He's touched so many families that I've talked to personally who, you know, your husband came and and actually I remember one story. This lady said to me, "Um, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry that Greg was late um, coming home from work the other day, but he stopped and helped me with my tire, my uh, I you know just my tire blew out and he passed me and came back and took me home and whatever whatever he did and she's like oh, I just felt so bad but you know I, I, he didn't come home and tell me that he didn't come home and say well <laughs> you know I was late because I this woman was stranded and so I did so that I'm just like he he didn't even tell me his wife like you would you know he yeah. would, he just keeps things so quiet so. He does things like that, but he also yeah. does things as a job, yeah. part of his work. And so, I don't know. Well, and kudos to you for not being like, why are you late? <laughs> I think that might have been my reaction. <laughs> so Ryan would have been remember, forced to tell me. Well, I remember asking this person like, "What? wait, what? Because I was trying to go back in my mind. What, what day? I don't remember. <laughs> you know, but because I, 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 she's looking at me like, you don't even know that he, no, I didn't know yeah. that. Oh my goodness. Anyway. Yeah. So whenever he was making that shift from an accountant to being a pastor, was there a was there a part of you that says, 
you know, that actually makes a lot of sense. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I could see him doing it, but not me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, oh, yeah, okay. I, people probably say I don't wear pantyhose and I don't lead women's <laughs> devotionals and I don't play the piano or lead the women's <laughs> choir. I just don't. Thank goodness um, you I got a clear creek. S- yes, that's, <laughs> that's why I could do it here. That's right. That's why. But um, oh, absolutely. I I I knew that when when God was calling him years mm-hmm. prior to this, I was like, okay, God, I get it. I totally see him mm-hmm. doing this, but not me. I know, you know. But yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's really cool. Well, you know, I would say somewhat similar to. What Kay is saying in that, um, uh, uh, some of some of you listening might know, but um, Ryan majored in finance in school, um, and you know we taught we had talked about because um, we dated in college and got married right after um, doing some mission work together, and so um, we went and did some mission work in Africa for like our second year of marriage, um, and it was there that while we were in Africa that Ryan was started to feel like, you know what, I think I want to go to seminary. I think I want to um, not do the business world. Um, and I was certainly open to that, but I was kind of like, well, this is, this will be interesting. Let's see where this, this takes us. And I can remember when Ryan was in seminary and he was doing his preaching class, um, and I got to watch, like they would videotape them doing it, and I got to watch the videotape and just being like, oh my gosh, like I think God's gifted him for this because same thing Ryan would never have said he liked he liked public speaking or I think much more n- does not want to be the the you know the person that's seen per se um and so but I think that is what like you makes me well up with so much pride because you know that it's coming from this just place of humility and a place of this is what God's asking me to do and I'm going to faithfully be obedient to, to that. Um, and then I think, Kay, you would probably agree with me that probably if you ask that question to many pastor's wives, they would have a lot of uh, negative things that would come to mind. But um, thankfully, Clear Creek is, I think, just a healthy church and healthy staff, and there's not a lot of pressure on the wives. Um, or expectation, you know, to wear pantyhose and lead a Bible study and play piano because I also do not do any of those things, um, and so we get to just we get to just enjoy it um, and support them in it. So I'm grateful for that. Yeah. And find your own way to serve yes. in the church the way that God's yeah. gifted you to do that. Yeah. All right. So what role has community and friendship played in your marriage? So maybe there's like been a challenging season and it was helpful to have other people, other couples around you speaking into your life and walking with you, walking with you in a certain season. Um, so what's that role of community and friendship played for y'all? Uh, well, <clears throat> I think uh, kind of the same way. I just feel like we've had a lot of really good friends over the years that we've learned a lot from, you know, parenting. I've watched people who were just good husbands. You know, we had some friends in West Virginia, in particular, Debbie and Jean Walker, who they just loved each other well, and they were fun, and their their home was warm and secure and filled with laughter. And it's just like, 
I want to have a home like this, you know? I want to love Kay the way Gene loves them. I mean, so I have a lot of those people in in my life. And uh, I think so just, just the influence of those. And then coming here, I mean, it's, you know, we're surrounded by amazing people who love the Lord, who love us. And, um, I mean, you, I, I don't know how people do it if they they don't have that kind of community, you know. They, it's uh, It just gives a context for everything that happens in your life that's good. And so um, I always tell people uh, about, like, the people that I work for, if you will, like Mark and Bruce, and it's like, we don't always agree, you know, we, we can be like brothers, if I said, but... And sometimes I think they're both crazy. But I never, ever doubt that they love me. Mm. Ever. Mm-hmm. I never doubt that they have the best interests for the church, for us, at heart. Mm-hmm. And so hey, when you when you live like that, I mean, not a whole lot can go wrong. And so I just feel like it's just it's just been the soup we swim in that's and I feel like I've benefited and picked up stuff along the way. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I started thinking about friendship and um, when we do premarital counseling with couples, one of the things I always stress is that I think it's a very, 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 especially I'm talking to women, mm-hmm. um, to your your best friend, your closest friends need to push you toward your spouse. Mm. They um, they may be the person that you share everything with, the, mm. the deep and the dark. And when you if you do, if that person's like, well, you know what, he needs to, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just feel like that that's a, that's a huge red flag for me. So my closest friends um, push me toward Greg. Mm. Like you know, like my best friend. She's constantly. Like yeah. pushing me toward him, and um, so I think that's like for me the highest mm-hmm. standard mm-hmm. to keep the people in your life that um, are going to speak into your life, into your marriage, into your whatever that they are for yeah. you. They're for your marriage. They're mm-hmm. for because they're basically they're for you. Mm-hmm. If they're for your marriage, they're for you. Right. You know, they're yeah. not jealous. They're 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 like okay, I, I want what's best for you, and he's what's best for you. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's good. That that's really good. I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, for me, I would say just the role of community and friendship, just having other, I mean, when I think about like men in my life who they are modeling for me what it looks like to love a wife. And so they're they're just just by them being married, the, the things that they're doing, like, hey, I'm, hey, I'm get, getting this for my wife, whatever, like it challenges me, spurs me on to do some of those things. And um it, you know, maybe just like what you're talking about, Greg, it's easy to take that for granted because it just seems like it's just so prevalent in people around me who just value marriage and they love their their spouse and they want to, um, you know, resolve conflict in a, in a godly way. Um, you know, they want to recognize their own brokenness and sin and whatever conflict's going on. And so um, when that becomes a lot of the conversations with friends, it just, it, it spurs you on to do the same. And so... Um, you know, whether it's through small group or even just like other couple friends, family friends, it's uh, there isn't this like macho like oh well we gotta we gotta we gotta do the 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 stereotype of the guy who's like you know 
bagging on his old lady, you know, and the guys are getting, they all just want to go and hang out and get away from their families. It's like, no, that's, that's not, that's not the culture that you create within like your friend group. It's like mm-hmm. you said, Kay, like well, pushing I, towards each other. That's why I say to women, because women are, are notorious for that. Um, yeah. Going and having girls nights. Um, I'm going away this weekend to the beach with my friends and yeah. there will not be husband bashing. It yeah. will, you know, so it's, I don't know. You just have women tend to like you know get get in a group and get some wine and be like, well, you know what? Right, right. Um, yeah. Well, I said to him, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I would imagine that there's might be people that are listening. You know that um, they hear what we're saying, but they also feel very alone. And how do I create? You know, how do I have that community? Um, and I think you guys are posting, or maybe you already did post the parent forum. Was that right? Yes, it will be up by the time that this is posted. Wonderful. Um, So one of the things that came out of that parent forum that I just really struck me, um, the guy, what was his name again? Chap Clark. Thank you. Was talking about um, that you as the parent, that if one child has five adults in their life, that they are more likely to just kind of be emotionally healthy, right? Um, And... How do you do that? You, as the parent, have to be intentional in making those relationships, and um, and and it's hard. It's hard to do that if your time, if you're a working parent, if you're even if you're at a home parent, it's hard to find those people that sometimes you connect with or that you want to be spilling into your to your family. Um, and I just want to encourage those that are listening that feel alone in that is that it's possible, and um, you know the people at your kid's preschool or the people that you're meeting in church or the small group members or whatever it might be. Um, and I think for me, Ryan would probably say I have high relational needs that I always feel like I need more friends, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Um, but I have learned over the years too that it's not the number, it's the quality. And so if I can, if I can um, close, you know, it's not that I need to have, you know, all these friends, but if I can have a couple good ones that are in my corner and are for my kids and are for my marriage, exactly like what you're saying, um, that it made just, just such a huge, huge difference. Um, yeah. So it might be helpful um, just because I know that some people, maybe they might be listening and think, man, we're just a long way off. Like we're, you know, we're struggling through marriage in the season right now. So maybe, Greg, it would be helpful for you just to talk about some of the things that, that we try to do to walk alongside people at Clear Creek since you lead the, the care and support ministry. Um, so if someone's looking for some resources of ways to get plugged in and get some of that, that help, what would you recommend? Well, Lance has got some, Lance Lawson's got some uh, classes that you can go through where you just get some coaching. Um, we have counselors that are available to talk to you. Um, if you're in a small group, I mean, your navigator can hook you with resources. I mean, honestly, it's like just getting yourself around someone who is like we've been describing, who loves their spouse, who loves the Lord, who's trying to work through that. I mean, and um, being encouraged and challenged. And so, I, I, I mean, I think the, the most important thing really is for that person to to make the effort to try to find out. Try to get connected with someone or a class or whatever it happens to be. Depending, it's really hard because it depends on where you're coming from, what your situation is. But to take the effort to do it, um, and we'll try to figure out a way to serve you. You know, because 
yeah, it's too much at stake to just mm. drift along. Yeah, absolutely. All right, last question. What's your favorite part about the season of life that you're in right now? Married almost 40 years, you know, your grandparents. What's your favorite part about this season? <laughs> it's really awesome. It, it's my favorite season. I, I've told him this many times because, like, you know, we get each other. There's not a lot of drama between Greg and I. There's, it's like yeah. um, we get to enjoy our kids and mm-hmm. enjoy our grandkids and just and we're we're still healthy. We're mm-hmm. still, you know, and so yeah. um, I just think it's been it's been fun. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I honestly I walk around. I, I take a walk almost every morning, and I always just I invariably find myself just thanking God for. Kay, for my grandkids, for my kids, for really for mm-hmm. where I find myself. I was like, I don't, I don't know how, you know, I'm here, but it's really mm-hmm. awesome. Um, but also, I think it's just, it's knowing, it's the whole, like, knowing and being known. Like, I know she mm-hmm. knows everything about me, all my idiosyncrasies and <laughs> faults and, you know, bad habits and whatever, and... um but she loves me, and she knows how to tolerate my bad moments and not, you know, I never feel judged or I never. She never makes me feel like I'm inadequate in some way. She just, she just loves me for who I am, and I love her for who she is. And yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I feel like when I'm home, it's. Uh, Again, I always tell people, I said, I want for your home what I have in my home. There's there's peace and security and there's laughter and there's hope and there's worship and there's fun and, and you know, it's just a good, you know, good season to live through. So, Ryan, I, I think um, because we're talking about the opposites being married, I think you have to look at the positive. Like, I'm so grateful that God gave me mm-hmm. someone opposite of me. I'm so grateful because I would be living under a bridge somewhere. <laughs> I I would who the heck I would be doing resale for sure for real. Um, but he's just so opposite of me of me in all the good ways, you know. And so it's kind of it's not. I don't see it as a negative. I see it as a positive because we bring such. A balance to each other. Like I talked about this the other day. I I love to be silly. I'm wired to be silly. I'm wired to dance. I'm wired to laugh. I'm wired to um, be around people. And he's wired to be around people too. But we do it in different ways. And but it's okay. Like he lets me go with my girlfriends and get my silly out. It's like I'm a two-year-old, you know? It's like, oh, go get your silly. <laughs> okay, come back and you're, you're fine. Um, and he can go do his thing. He can go be fish and be quiet, and it's fine. It's like we allow each other that room for our, our separate times kind of, you know? I think and during the season, we don't have kids, so we can— he can go off and go fishing for a couple of days. I can go be with my my friends for a couple of days, and it's like it's okay. And 
you know, I'll come, I'll come back from this weekend and my throat will be very sore <laughs> from laughing and my muscles will just be like done. So they're like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm filled back up. And then yeah. I don't know. So it's like, I think you need to just allow and be grateful for, for the opposite. Yeah. What about you, Lindsay? What would you say? We're at the season that we're in, we've got three kids, elementary school. Uh, what's your favorite part about the season of life that we're in? If you're in this room, you would see Ryan smirk on his face because he knows that this is probably a very hard question for me. So I'm going to let you first start with that. <laughs> answer that oh, I, I mean, I would say for me, favorite part is just, uh, I mean, now our kids are a little bit getting to be more independent. So when they're really young, you just, you're always having to, you know, White wa- yeah, all that stuff, just always take care of them. Now they're mm-hmm. starting to be able to take care of themselves more, which is fun. Uh, and they're just starting to get more involved and interested in things that as an adult, you, you you know you are interested in as well so like our kids you know they'll go fishing with me now they'll go hunting now they'll you know they're playing sports and it's fun to go watch them play sports and, and get into that so um that's they're, they're becoming older versus when they're like babies and you're like I don't want to watch another episode of whatever they're watching you know <laughs> right and there's still some of that but yeah know, we can watch some family movies that we can somewhat tolerate yeah no I was a similar answer our kids are six eight and ten and um I, I've I've always, I've always said I don't think I'm wired for the really young. Um, I like the age that can talk and process, and so it's been, it's fun to just get to know your kids and their personality and engage in their world a little bit. Um, and it's scary too to think like, oh man, I'm a big part of what they may need to be in therapy for later. <laughs> but um, it's it's such a privilege, such a privilege at the same time. That's good. Well, thank you guys for being on the podcast. I love hearing your story. Yeah, thanks. Yep, it's fun. Awesome. Well, if you haven't yet, make sure that you subscribe to the Clear Creek Resources podcast wherever you listen so you don't miss any of our weekly episodes. Also, I'll put some links to some helpful resources, some of the things that Greg mentioned today in our conversation in the description of this podcast episode at clearcreekresources.org. We can also check out other content like articles, videos, books, and sermons. All right, that's it. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.